the Lord. You may be seated quietly. Man, your song's so beautiful. Hey, man, the Spirit of the Lord is in his house. Come on and say amen. Come on and shout hallelujah. We serve a great God. Come on, somebody. Can you just lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, say, thank you, Jesus. Just for another day. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. To God be the glory, great things he has done. This is the Lord's day. It is the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath. It is a great day, amen? It is a happy day. This is a day to celebrate God as your creator, God as your provider, God as your redeemer. Come on and say amen. That's the reason we have to Sabbath. God says rest in him. Come on, somebody. Stop worrying about what happened this week and just rest in him. Come on, somebody. He wants you to rest in his peace, rest in his love, rest in his hope. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. It's a joyful day. Y'all better help me up again. Come on, somebody. Amen, amen. We're glad to be here. Good. Before we go and have our thank offering, I welcome those who are here for the first time. I'm Kaval Hunter, pastor of Tabernacle of Praise. Glad that you are here. We just want to give a few, make a few remarks as we continue on in our service. For those who love volleyball, you know we are, we are playing this evening. Amen. I'm there at the Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church, 9001 Lucas and Hunt Road. If you'd like to come, uh, we are playing at 6.30 p.m. I'll be there playing with our team. Amen. Come on, somebody. We are undefeated. Y'all know that? We are undefeated. Come on, somebody. So, so we are playing Northside, and all of the churches are playing this evening, so we want you to come on up. Let's just socialize and, and enjoy one another. Amen? And then also, um, we, we know a lot, a lot is going on. A lot of things are happening. And we, 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 we are happy that um, our young people this past Thursday, Scott, it's your birthday today as well, right? Happy birthday, Scott. 18 years old. Come on. God be the glory. She and her team went up to Jefferson City.
is representing all of us, so we say thank you. We pray that they will really, um, that the senators really hear the folks who are really, you know, act on it. Amen? It's important. Also, as you know, this was a bit of sad news. We heard the passing of one of our own members, daughter, a worshiper. going to be a celebration. It's going to be a celebration. And so we, we invite we invite you to be here. And thank you all that are uh, preparing meals uh, for the family. I want to thank you in advance. Appreciate that. Also, um, we have Julius Alexander's father passed away as well. And she she sent me the information. Her, her father's uh, service will be this, this Friday, February 20th. Size diapers are 
show the community that we love them, but to show Jesus. Okay? So if you can again, um, please read it. You guys will get your pen. Uh, we're going to give this to Denise, but some of the kids have so much material already, but we're going to give that. Um, the following week will be the 7th, March 7th. So we want to support. 
name of the Lord. It's welcome time. Come on, somebody. Are you happy to be here today? Come on, come on, come on. Are you excited about what God is going to do today? Come on, come on. Are you anticipating a blessing from the Lord today? Anybody want new blessings? Anyone want new favor today? And so we welcome, we welcome everybody to Tabernacle of Praise. And truly, this is a place where, where we experience the power of God through prayer, outreach, worship, education, and relationship. Do we have any first-time guests in the house? First-time guests. This is your first time. Hey, man, we're glad that you're here. Our dear sisters, sisters, friends, come on up here quickly. I want to give you something on behalf of the church just to say thank you for being a part of our worship service. Hey, man, she, she's going to come and walk for a blessing. That's what I'm talking about. So we thank you, dear sister. God bless you. All right. And there's something from the church. So we want to thank you. We, we have Sister Dolores Richardson. Oh, there's Dolores. Hey, man. Come on. Come on, Dolores. What's your name? Sister Irene. Hey, man. Sister Dolores, we want to give you something on behalf of the church as well. All right. And so please know that we are happy that God is here. All right.
sent his son into this world. That's good news. That we can make it joyful. Enjoy for nothing, right? That joy comes. That's good news. You woke up this morning. Good news. You got your Savior. That's good news. You're still in your right mind. That's good news. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says, Y'all ready? The Bible says, The Bible says,
they didn't have robes and they didn't have a lot of clothes and a lot of shoes. And they, they said, I, I got a shoe on, but yeah. Come on, somebody. Come on, listen, young people, come on, get up. Listen, some of us got 10 pairs of shoes. We have all kinds of shoes. The individuals who died with no shoes. But they had that, they had that promise. You got a shoe up in heaven. You got a robe up in heaven. And it's not a dirty robe, it's a white robe. Purity. Especially God's son. But you mean me? I have a crown? Crown of victory, somebody. What shall I render? Come, Stuart. What shall I render to Jehovah? Has God done something good for you this year? Jesus, he is our strength. Let's shift there. He is our strength. Strength like no other. This is our prayer today. How many need God to be your strength today? Some mother, some father, some child today. You're weak, you're walking good, you're weak, you're going through something. Come on, Stuart.
will reveal the chain of it. Oh God, thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you that you give us the strength we need to not give in to the foolishness of this world. To not give in to the temptation that the enemy puts before. So release your people today. The power of your Holy Ghost, Lord. Wash them and make them clean. Purify their thoughts, oh God. Fill their minds with good things. May they count their blessings and make them walk away. God, you have truly been good to your children. Forgive us, oh God, for Troubled child, even God, breathe on your children the power of the Holy Ghost. Take away the things that causes us to be afraid, cause us to procrastinate, to not try to be successful in everything. Help us to know. It is you that will order our steps. It is you that will help us to be successful when we commit our plans, our thoughts, our works to you. God, I pray prosperity upon the body of Christ. Pray, oh God, that we will prosper in your way. Pray that we will prosper in your grace and in your knowledge. I pray, oh God, that we will just when we are at church, but oh God, even when we are not around people. God, help us to be the light of this world. Help us, oh God, to be the salt of the earth. Help us to make a difference in this city. God, I pray that you'll touch those who are who are hurting because they've lost loved ones. God, they will never get over Thank you. 
Bible study on. I pray for our young people, oh God. Keep a hedge of protection around. God, may they stay on your word, oh God. Pray for the one in the hospital, the one who's in rehab right now. Touch them, oh God.
king of Israel. So we're going to pick this story up at verse 22 and we're going to end at verse 29. Reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, and the prophet, which is a messenger of God, came to the king of Israel and said to him, go do what? Take note and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come against you. Read verse 23. Verse 24. So do this thing. Do this thing. Dismiss the kings. Each from his what? And put captains where? Verse 25, and you shall what? Like the army that you have, horse for horse and chariot for, then we will do what? In the plain or the valley, surely we will be what? Mm. And he listened to their voice and did so. So it was in the spring of the year that Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Apec to fight against Israel. Watch it now. And the children of Israel, God's chosen people, to carry the message of salvation. All right? I want you to understand that. And the children of Israel were mustered and given what? Come on, somebody. And they went against them. Now the children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of or goats, while the Syrians filled the countryside. Verse 28, Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, watch now, the Lord is God of the, or the mountain, but he is not God of the, therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your what? It's a setup, family. And you shall know that I am the Lord. They, verse 29, encamped opposite each other. For how long? So it was that on the seventh day, the battle was joined. And the children of Israel killed 100,000 foot soldiers of the Syrians in one day. We're using for our title, he is still God, even in the valley. Let us pray, God, we are in your word. Speak, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. good to see, uh, I think there's a family that just walked into church, and I'm not going to really put you on the spot, but we're glad you're here. Just want to let you all know, Pastor Hunter, I want to bless you all. Just say thank you for worshiping with us. And come on, put your hands together for our guests. 
in there, in there, twenty-five dollars gift card to you and your family. God bless you. And stored, we're glad that stored is here as well. Stored lost his grandmother a few days ago. So you hear him ministering today, right? And praise the Lord that you're here. I believe the funeral is this week in Texas. So let's pray for him and and and, and let's bless him. Whatever we're able to do, we give God thanks. He is still God. Even in the valley. As we look at this story, I need you to understand that these were dangerous, unstable times for the people of Israel. You got to understand their king, Ahab. He was married to Queen Jezebel. He had been guilty of leading the people to worship the false Canaanite god, Baal, instead of the Lord, the true God of heaven and earth. As a result, wickedness filled the land of Israel. The people there, they have forsaken the word of God. They have forsaken the covenant of God. They are now worshiping idols. What is an idol? Something you put before God. They're worshiping these, 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 these false gods that cannot speak. They cannot see. Gods that cannot touch. Gods that cannot heal. Gods that cannot provide. Gods that cannot even save. These individuals who have turned their backs on God they are now destroying the sacred altars of God. Many of them, they have killed many of God's messengers. And they were headed on a collision course with the judgment of God. However, say however. In the midst of their sins, whew, in the midst of their disobedience, God still loved his people. Let me pause right here. Anybody glad this afternoon that God never gave up on them when they were living a life of sin? When you were being disobedient, when you were, were disloyal, when you were compromising your faith in order to enjoy the pleasures of this world. I don't know about you, but I thank God for grace and mercy. Anybody thank God for grace and mercy? Ah, that's why I love the words of the prophet Jeremiah. He says that God's love never fails. Mm -hmm. It is from everlasting to everlasting. Great is his mercy towards us. And so, my dear friends, during this time in our text, Israel was attacked by the neighbor of the east, Syria. When the battle was waged, God allowed Ahab, this wicked king, he was a wicked king. But God had to save his people. And God allowed Ahab and the people of Israel to defeat the Syrians and to claim the victory. Now, Ahab thought 
He said he thought the battle was over. Mm. However, in verse 22, Ahab, when you read this text, Ahab is notified that the Syrians don't plan to accept defeat easily. He is told that, man, they're going to come back. They have an appointed time. And they're going to return and fight you again. So let's take a good look at this second battle. This is the second time. There are truths taught here that will help each of us to continue to faithfully serve the Lord this year. And so when I look at this story, and when I look at the Syrian army, I see a picture of our adversary. I didn't say our friend, our buddy, buddy, our adversary, the devil. Do you see it? Well, let me open your eyes. When we are enabled by the Lord to win a victory against him, I'm talking about the devil, you can count on the devil. You can count on the devil returning to fight another day. His desire is to to see you and I defeated one way or the other. If he doesn't win in one area of your life, you better know that he will change the direction of his attack and come at you again. That's why the Bible, take him a time. The Bible describes the devil as being like a roaring lion. I mean, he's just moving. He's taking his time. He's watching you. He's like a hungry lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour Husbands, wives, children, no matter who you are, he wants to devour you. I don't care how big you are, how mighty you think you are, the devil, he wants to take you down. He's always studying us and he, and he, he is looking for the best ways to take you down. I mean, he attacks on every side. Look at it. Huh? He's attacking on every side. Hoping to pull us away from God. Hoping to pull us away from prayer. Hoping to pull us away from our service. Hoping to pull us away from my dear friends. Our responsibilities as parents, as citizens in this land, as I mean as students. He's hoping to pull us away from everything that brings us success and fulfillment in this life. Oh, my dear friends, this rascal, he wants to entice us. He wants to lure us into temptation, into fear, into defeat, and into sin. He cares nothing about you. So why are you sleeping with the enemy? Why are you listening to the enemy? Know that he will change the direction of his attack. And he will keep, 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 
coming at us. We will see that this is just what the Syrian army tried against Israel. Nonetheless, just as the Syrians were defeated and Israel walked in victory, praise be to God that you and I can have the victory too. Who says amen? Notice with me a few simple truths from the passage that lets us know that Jehovah is still God, even in the valleys of life. Can I talk about the valleys of life? Follow me in verse 23 now. In verse 23, when you read this text, we discover that the Syrians are making a dangerous assumption concerning the God of the Israelites. Since they were defeated in the first battle on the hills surrounding Samaria, they assumed, they did what? That the Israelite God hmm, is a mountain God only. Hmm. In other words, they're saying that the God we are worshiping today, the one we adore, the one we love, ah, he is limited to a specific geographical region, talking about the mountain, and would not be effective on level land. I'm talking about the valley. In other words, they're saying, man, he's up there, and he, he, he's not going to reach you when you're down and low. He's not going to reach you when you're broken down. He's not going to reach you when you're sick and worn out. And so... Their strategy is to get the Israelites to fight where? To fight where? In the valley. Where they think they will easily defeat them. For the Syrians, hmm, this would be a costly assumption. However, it is a gamble that the devil makes all the time. Listen. You see... When we are on the mountain spiritually, follow me, it is very hard, it is very hard for the devil to overpower us. When we are praying without ceasing, when the anointing of God is upon your life, when you are walking not in the counsel of the ungodly, It is very hard for the devil to overpower you. My dear friends, you are forced to be reckoned with. It's hard for Satan to defeat an excited Christian. It is hard for Satan to defeat a worshiper. It is hard for Satan to defeat Somebody who's constantly on their knees praying to God because you got to understand that when you are on your knees praying to God, you have more power than Satan and his deal evil angels. What is he going to do? I'm going to keep you from praying. He understands, my dear friends. Man, I need to get you. I need to get you at a low point in life. Maybe this is why Nehemiah is encouraging us. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on somebody. You see, you got to understand this. This is the situation 
What I'm talking about is that how the devil wanted to take us from the mountain. This is the situation Satan ran into with a man named Job in the Bible. You, you, you know the story. Satan put, he put, he put the squeeze on Job. And a messenger came to Job and said, man, Job, your children are dead. You have lost everything, Job. And Satan put the squeeze on Job, hoping that Job would turn on God when he got the terrible news that everything he had worked so hard for being destroyed. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. All the devil was able to extract from the life of Job was praise and worship. Because the Bible says in Job chapter 1, read it, Job chapter 1, that when he got the news, the Bible says that man, this, 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 this father who was hurting, he ripped his robe off. He shaved his head because he is now, he's now mourning the loss of his loved ones. And the Bible says that this man, he prostrated. That's an act of worship. And he began to worship the true and living God. Yes, he is disappointed, but he began to worship God because Job realized, man, that God is all he got. Hello, somebody. He lost all of his wealth, but this man realized that God is all he got. Oh, my dear friends, all of his servants are dead, but he realized in the midst of everything, God is all he got. And the Bible says these powerful words that Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked shall I return. The Lord gave. And the Lord has taken away. Watch him out. Look at the mountaintop experience. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I love this last part. In all this, Job did not what? Nor, here's it. It's a problem with a lot of people. When things are going wrong, we have... Mindset to blame God. The Bible says that Job didn't charge God with wrong. The question I have for us is this. If the devil squeezes us, he squeezes your finances. Put the squeeze on your children. Weeds in your life. What is he going to extract from us? Will he extract from us praise? Or will he get from us bitterness? And discouragement. Think about it. I heard an old fable that says the devil was going to put his tools up for sale. <laughs> On the date of the sale, the tools were placed for public in- inspection, each being marked with its sale price. The tools were spread out on the table, and each one labeled. You had hatred, you had envy, you had jealousy, you had doubt. You had lying, you had cheating, 
you had pride, you had sickness, all the weapons that everyone knows so well. But laid apart that every laid apart from the rest of the pub of, of, of the pile was a harmless looking tool, well worn and priced very high. What is the name of that tool? One of the purchasers asked. The devil said, That's discouragement. Why have you priced it so high? The devil says, Because it's more useful to me than the others. For you see, I can pry open and get inside a person's heart with that one when I cannot get near them with the other two. Now once I get inside, I can make them do what I choose. It's a badly worn tool because I use it almost, ev on, almost on everyone since few people know that it belongs to me. Family, listen to me today. Hmm. The devil's price for discouragement was so high, he never sold it. It's still his major tool, and he's still using it on God's people today. It is being said that discouragement is the handle that fits all the devil's tools. The idea here is that Satan knows when we are on the mountain, we are hard to get up. Therefore, he assumes that if he can get us in the valley, it will be very easy for him to defeat us. And sadly, he has been right in many, many cases. If the devil can get us to focus on the negative aspects of any situation, he can get us discouraged. And if he can get us discouraged, he can get you defeated. If he can defeat you, he can steal the victory of the Lord right out of your heart. Perhaps you have heard that life is 10%. Listen to this, just 10% about what happens to us. And 90% about how we react to what happened to us. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. stop tripping. <laughs> Worrying, man. Just, yeah. just staying up late at night. Just worrying. You know, we have a, if we develop, develop a woe is me attitude concerning the events of life, then you're going to be easy prey, easy target for the devil because he knows how to tick you off. Hello, somebody. He knows how to just rub it in. But we can learn to put into practice the lessons that Paul wrote there in Philippians chapter 4, which says there in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by what? Hello, hello, hello. Listen up, young people. Everything by what? Prayer and what? With what? Not complaining, not murmuring, uh-huh, but with thanksgiving. Anybody thankful in the house? Says, let your requests be made known to who? Oh, and the peace of God, which what? Surpasses all understanding will do what? Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. What are you meditating on? 
What are you dwelling on? What's in your mind? You keep on reading the other verses, man. Says, man, think of things that are pure. Yes, sir. Hello? Yeah. And you just continue to put negative stuff in your mind. Yeah. It's going to come out. Yeah. It's going to be in your home. It's going to be on your job. Yeah. Some people can't even smile. Yeah. Y'all will understand. My dear friends, when you look at this text today, there was only one problem, one problem with the Syrians' assumption concerning God. You want to know what it is? It's this. God was greater. God was greater than they thought he would. <laughs> the Bible says this in Psalm chapter 90 verse 2. Before the mountains were what? Or ever you had what? And the world, even from what? Everlasting. You are who, everybody? Before there was a second, he was God. Before there was an hour, before there was past, present, and future, he is God. That's why he says, I'm Alpha and Omega. I know the end from the beginning. I can exist in time, and I can exist out of time. Don't put any limit. Don't, don't limit God. But that's what they're doing. So now, when you look at verse 28, we're almost done, two more verses. When you look at verse 28, read that. God sends his prophet, his messenger, to tell this wicked king Ahab that he's going to prove himself to be the God of the valley as well as the God of the mountain. And, what he, and he assures his people of victory. I love that. You're going to have the victory, family. Huh? just want to remind someone this afternoon that God is bigger than your valley. And he's greater than any force that is trying to tear you down. I know, I know, I know that it's easier. It, it, it's, it's easier to serve the Lord when we're on the mountaintop. It's so easy to pray and worship God when everything is going well for, for us without a hitch. When you are having a mountaintop experience, you are excited about the Lord. I mean, you want to show up on time. You want to do the work. But oh, my dear friends, whew. I need you to know that when you go into the valley of experiences of life, we ought to believe that he is still God. Uh-huh. When we enter the valley of physical pain, how many know and you will believe that God, he is still God? When we enter the valley of spiritual discouragement, you got to know that he is still God. When we enter the valley of sorrow, the valley of discrimination, the valley of abandonment, the valley of extreme danger, the valley of even death, you better know for a fact that he is still God. Regardless of the valley we are in, or we forced to enter. We will find out that he is still God. You got to, please understand. See, God wants to demonstrate to his people that he is God in every stage of life. He wants to be able to demonstrate his power in your life and he wants to show you that he is still God on Sunday. He's still God 
God on Monday when you have to show up to a work or job that you don't even like. Y'all be honest. Y'all don't like the job. I pray you like yours. All right, let me put it, let me put it this way. You don't love it. You like it. All right. It's all right. And you know what? Some people will stay doing the same job that they don't love for years because they don't want to try to do something better. Hello, somebody. Stay stuck. God want to show you, man, I'm God. I'm God. Every day. Every day. That is why the Bible is literally filled with promises that teaches us that God is sovereign. That means God is in total control. I love the words. Come, come Joseph, let's, let's wrap this up. I love the words. Can I give you some of the promises of God as we get ready to close? I love the words that Paul says here. And we know. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have trouble on every side. But we know. That all things, am I speaking to any worshipers in here right now? We know that all things will work together for what? Good to those who what? Love God. To those who are the call. Oh, I love the promise that he writes. Oh, but thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the promise that says, thanks be to God. Who always leads us into what? In Christ and manifest through us the sweet what? Aroma of the knowledge of him in everyone. Can I pause right here? How are you? How do you smell? How do you smell? Some of y'all are shocked. Like what? <laughs> what am I talking about? Spiritually speaking. What do you smell like? Huh? What scent are you giving off? Hmm? Hmm? What scent are you giving off? You saying you're a child of God? How do you smell? When you're going through the trouble, how do you smell? When you're going through the fiery trials, how do you smell? When you're hurting, your heart is broken, what do you smell like? Do you smell like pain? Do you smell like defeat? Do you smell like fear? What scent are you giving off? But the true child of God, though I see the trouble, though they throw me in the fiery furnace, though I receive words that do not encourage my soul and I'm, I'm feeling disappointed, I'm discouraged, I'm not going to smell. Excuse my expression. I'm not going to smell like the mess that I'm in. Am I speaking to somebody today? But the true worship of God, you're going to smell, even in the midst of your trouble, you're going to smell like joy. You're going to smell better than the Chanel perfume. Because once God pumps, he, he pumps his spirit in you every day. You can walk on your job and smell like Christ. You can walk in your home and know that my home, it's it perhaps I'm dealing with some corruption. It's dealing with some trouble. But all oh, my dear friends, when I walk in, 
could smell like kindness. I could smell like peace because there's a spirit. There's an aroma that God has put in me. It's his spirit. It's not discouragement. It's not trouble. God is saying to somebody today, I can give you the victory. I can give you the victory. This earthly battle in this text reminds us that when this battle is over, when this battle is over, we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem. Because the text says, man, all your problems are what? Temporary. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal what? Glory that far outweighs them all. So what we do? Though we are on the battlefield, we fix our eyes not on what is what, but on what is what? Since what is seen is what? But what is unseen, unseen is what? That's good news. So the last verse. The people of Israel, they believe God. They believe who? And enjoyed a tremendous victory over the Syrian army. They saw the enemy put to flight by the power of God working through them. And this is the place that God wants to bring us to. He wants us to come to a place where we realize that he is God regardless of what we are facing. He wants us to get our eyes of our need and get them squarely on the face of Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He wants us to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can actually think. I've discovered that we live in defeat and discouragement because we refuse to embrace victory by faith. We refuse to embrace it. Never allow Satan or the flesh to cause you to wallow in your valley. Never allow your valley experiences, I'm talking about your low points in life, to get you discouraged. cause you to think that God is unable unwilling to help you out the truth of the matter is this victory belongs to Jesus come on somebody and victory is available all the time and that is true then why don't most Christians have victory in their lives? Why? Simply because they're waiting for a feeling. They're waiting for a feeling. Instead of claiming, claiming what God has already given them by faith. Please understand that regardless of how things may appear on the surface, never let go of this truth that God is always in control of every situation. I know someone in here today 
you are faced with a difficult situation right now. It may be that the devil has and is using the tool of discouragement in your life. It may be that you feel defeated and a million miles away from the mountaintop. Let me remind you one more time that he is still God when you're down in the valley. You know, the secret to enjoying the mountains valleys is learning that God is in control. If you can do that, then whether you're on top or on bottom, you'll always be on the mountain in your heart and victory will always be yours. The first step in arriving at that place is learning to bring your burdens to Jesus. I close with this story about a man named Elisha Hoffman, born there in Pennsylvania. He lost his wife at an early age. And for 30 plus years, he served as the pastor there in Pennsylvania. Elijah Hoffman enjoyed spending time writing some amazing hymns. One day, a woman came to him for some help. She was depressed. Her depression was beyond cure. She poured her heart out to him. She was going through a hard time. And she said, what should I do? You ever been sad? You ever been down? She's crying. Tell me, what should I do? Now, he experienced pain. As I said, he lost his wife. But he learned to understand that God has the power to comfort. And the Spirit told Elisha to tell this woman, the best thing for you to do is to tell Jesus your problems. And the story says that, man, her face just... She, just light it up. She said, that's it. That's it. I must tell Jesus. And Elijah began to, he began to think about those words as he went home. And he, he got, he, once he got home, he took out a pen and he began to write the words of that famous hymn, I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Why? Why? Jesus. Woo. Jesus. 
can help me. When I'm broken, Jesus can help me. When the battle is raging in my mind and around me, Jesus can help me. When I receive bad news, Jesus can help me. When I'm disappointed, Jesus can help me. When the bills come, Jesus can help me. When I'm troubled, Something about the name Jesus. Only Jesus can help you. Only Jesus alone. Why? He's not only the God of the mountain, but He's a God even in the valley. What do you need to bring to Jesus today? Burden is, what burden is on your heart today? Too big to carry? You can bring it to Jesus. Only Jesus can bear myself to strength. Just come sing that chorus. How many believe God's word today? How many accept the word today? Because we accept God's word today. This is our prayer. This is our prayer. Just sing a little stanza. Go ahead. prayer today, I want you to come back down here. Come back down here for the strength, for the power. Even when you face your valley, you now know that God is in control. During this time, I want you to press closer. Come, press closer. Come on, press closer. I cannot wait. 
That's closer. Come on, closer. Some of you, Spirit of the Living God, we say thank you for the word. Thank you for being a God who is sovereign. Things are out of control. Thank you for being a God who is always in control. Thank you. That is your joy that will give us strength. Thank you. That is you that will revive us. It's you that will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. So today we have come. And thank you that you draw close to the broken heart. Even when we are faced with trouble, when we are faced with discouragement, when we are faced with death, when we are faced with pain and sickness, thank you that you are still God. You that will bring us, you that will help us to overcome, you that will always give us the victory. So may we cling to your word. We go through this week, Lord. May we stand on the promise that in all things we are more than conquerors. Because you love us, God. Help us to walk in truth and in victory, Lord. Help us not to live a defeated life. Help us, oh God, not to allow Satan to continue to abuse us and kick us down. But, oh God, give us strength to stand on his head. Give us strength, oh God, to knock him in his mouth. Give us strength, oh God, to kick him on our minds and out of our homes, off our jobs, because we walk in your spirit. God, help us, oh God, to be people of prayer always. Because this battle, this battle between good and evil is going on and it's continuing to happen, Lord. But I'm so glad it's coming to an end. Yeah. And oh God, you're going to deal with our enemy. Yeah. You're going to do away with our pain and our suffering one day. The battle will be over. But oh God, until then, help us to keep our eyes always on you. Help us, oh God, to fix our eyes on you and not on the problems. God, keep track of our sorrows. Bottle our tears. May we always claim the victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you receive that, say amen. God bless you, family.
class today? As we prepare to close, You'll be faced with discouragement. Always remember that God is in control. I need to share with you, as you know, for some, if you have guests in the house, it's fine. Because it's good for everyone in here to know and those who are watching around the world that this church has one foundation. It's not me. It is Jesus Christ. Our Lord. He is the shepherd this flock. This is a church that said we have established that we experience the power of God through prayer, outreach, worship, education, and relationship. We have a vision. You have a mission. You are the church. No matter what happens, you are the church. You got to keep being the church. It is not about man or woman. You love God. He has called you to continue to be the church. And so, I share with you that God has answered our prayers. It's an answer to prayer. Shared with you about living your God-sized dream. Oh, don't forget those words shared with you that even when we are faced with delays that God's delays are never God's denials shared with you how to pray God-sized prayers something God only God can do don't forget the words will help pull you through So, I have received a call to be with my family. It's been six months. Six months. It's a long time. 
driving back and forth. It's a long time. Being here for seven, going on seven years. We've done a great work. So you understand blood and the sweat. Be the church. We know that this day was coming. God is in control. You're going to cry. You're going to be down. But I am a testimony that God is a miracle worker. So, my last Sabbath will be on March 21st. March 21st will be my last Sabbath. Here, as your pastor, as your pastor. And so, don't be missing. Hello. You'll be here. By God's grace, we'll be here next week. By God's grace, we'll be here the week after. Preach the word. March 21st will be our last Sabbath. Because I'm going to continue to share the gospel. Because I want to go home. daughter is resting in Christ. I'm tired of death. Tired of pain. Tired of suffering. We got work to do. So in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, our pastors are not state pastors because we move around. I don't have all of the gifts of the Spirit. Hello. This church will continue to move up. More guests will come as you are active and doing the work. We are top, right? Y'all believe that God is going to do greater? Do you trust God to do greater? Do you believe that God is going to appoint you and move you up? Stand to your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, stand to your feet. You believe it. You believe it. You believe it. Come on, choir. We leave as we close. Because our, this is our mission. To tell the world about Jesus. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the word. Thank you for using us to be a blessing. Now, as we leave these sacred doors, keep us always in your presence. Give us the courage to tell the world about your love. Bring us back here on Wednesday to study your word and to pray to you more. And on next week's Sabbath, and also on Friday evening, where we can hear and to celebrate you for our youth day. Thank you for being a God who's always in control. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Continue to have a wonderful day. God bless you. As you go, tell the world.
You go.